Hey everybody, welcome back to our new podcast. We are playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, in which we don't talk about One Piece. We just sit here and uh, you just sort of hear us on our switches. Yep, you're uh, just going to hear button clacking. Yeah. Um, and then intersplice through promotional deals, we acquired the uh, sound effect of the switch, of the Joy-Cons going into the switch. Yeah, let me real quick. <laughs> there we go. All right. Yeah. Roll that, roll the opening or whatever the fuck. <laughs> So convenient. So easy to switch. Yes. Uh, so this podcast is actually called We Are Watching One Piece. It's uh, where we talk about One Piece. Uh, my name is Joe. I am caught up with One Piece, except for the it's like three filler episodes just came out. I haven't watched those. Uh, I'm joined by my good friend Jory, who just finished the Alabasta arc. And post-Alabasta. Some fucking shit <laughs> happened in the Alabasta arc. Yeah, it's, uh, everything just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot to talk about today. <laughs> to refresh myself, I watched The Alabasta. They made, like, a recap movie sort of thing. Um, in 2009, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they completely cut out Ace. They completely cut out Banana Gator's place. There's no Mr. 3 in it whatsoever. Um... It basically just hard cuts from they get to Alabasta to Crocodile stabbing him in the desert, which is exactly where we left off last time. So, yep. convenient, I guess, for me. <laughs> so, um, I guess now we can start picking up from there. So, literally, we left off with Luffy dead in the desert, right? I think? Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, who, who saved him? Who is the reason he's not dead as shit? So he was saved by Robin. Robin. For did we we learned Robin's name last time, right? Yes, like right in the last time, he's like, he says he calls her Nico Robin, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she looked familiar from all the, the spoilers I've seen. <laughs> Surprisingly, along with Robin and the rest of the Straw Hat crew that comes on after this, I know nothing about them besides their appearance. And with Robin, I only knew her appearance and her name. Like, every mm -hmm. time I go to watch One Piece on my on Hulu, I just see the current crew. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know who, anything about them, but... Yeah. <laughs> Crunchyroll does the same thing. It has, like, the, the artwork <laughs> of the current, it's like, setup. It's, it's weird. It, it's kind of interesting, too, because you spend, like, the entire arc, like, thinking... Well, what the fuck happens? Like, yeah. how does that? <laughs> it, it's it gets it gets worse because like half halfway through this like second alabasta half, they the opening changes and Robin's just in the opening with them like the, like even even before they show her doing the horrifying things she can do with her devil fruit powers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> luckily, that doesn't happen again with new crew members. <laughs> I don't really know why they made that decision to do that. Uh. <laughs> I remember I thinking the same thing. Like I already knew she joined, but 
That's still weird. The the thing I figured with it was there was since the I don't know how much farther ahead the manga is from the anime, but I figured it has something to do with that. They're like, yeah. anyone who's who's this far into the anime at least knows some with the manga, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't know <laughs> if it was that big of a deal, but uh, yeah. So Nico Robin, Miss All Sunday, saves Luffy, and yes. They put it in the movie, but I think she said it in the anime, too, where she mentioned something about... Uh, I'm going to say this the best way possible. She mentioned something about his D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the will of D. The will which, of D, which we've heard before. Still don't really know what it is. It's just, it sounds... Wor- it looks worse in subtitles than it probably comes across as in, like, the native language of them saying it, but yeah. so, <laughs> it's just really goofy. I didn't, I didn't want to pay a lot of attention to the movie, so I watched it. Uh, with an English dub, and um, the way she phrased it in there was, what is it with you people with D in your name? And I guess that's a, a different way to phrase it, but... That's still... Yeah. That, that kind of works. And then, this is just one, right away, like, uh, as I watched this first episode, you said that, like, if you watched an episode ahead, it'd be completely different. And you're, yeah. <laughs> the whole, like, mood changes. Mm-hmm. Right away. That's why like, I very specifically told you what episode <laughs> to stop off at. Um, like, I, I it, wanted that like clear split of tone. It's like I, I wanted to I end. I want it to be Empire Strikes Back. I want it to end with everything being <laughs> bad. Yeah. Like, so it's shown they have the king kidnapped. The rest of the crew is is okay. Um, they they got helped across the ocean and across the desert with a perverted crab. Who needed dancing girls to help him move faster? God, I hate it. <laughs> and then they almost died, but the kung fu dugongs just out of nowhere saved them from a monster that was gonna eat them. Also, which I thought was really great. Yeah, I, I love the kung fu dugongs. They weren't remotely in the movie. Um, that's that's a that's like just awful. It was so like compressed, and all of the focus was on the actual fights. In Alibarna. <laughs> and not even like the fight fights. Because they compressed yeah. like Sanji's, you know, all the, all those, all, how they all separate and fight. They compressed all of those into a, a, maybe a total of seven minutes each. Did they have the supersonic duck squadron? Which. <laughs> oh, all of Karu's friends? Yeah, I, I love that he's like, uh, it's a special it's so race good. of duck. And that they all have like fun personalities tied to them with their appearance. It's just great that they have, like, it's like a famous army of ducks that can run really fast. Also, at the end of that first episode of Coming Back, it's just, you see Igaram for, like, a second, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was blown up on the ocean, and then you just see him, and then nothing. <laughs> do they do they explain how he's totally not dead? I If they did, it was an offhanded sentence that I completely missed. That was towards the end of the arc, because he's just like I'm back and everyone's happy. Sup guys, <laughs> I'm I'm now the president of the United States. <laughs> I'm looking for the <laughs> the parts of Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, oh man, I I didn't even realize he looks like Funny Fail. He does. <laughs> um, I love I love him. He's a great character. I don't know why they. I, I don't know if Oda really knew what he was doing when he pretended to kill him off because 
not only does he come back with no explanation, but how did Robin make a ship explode? See, with that, I just assumed that they had, she had a boat off, a horrifyingly strong boat offshore that just blew it up with, like, massive cannonball. Yeah. It's just weird, because I'm pretty, don't, don't they show, like, the flower petal thing? Yeah, they do that, too. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but... <laughs> This is, like, for, for it being, like, the action-packed sec- section of the arc, like, it's just non-stop, like, stuff going on, mm-hmm. which is really cool. There wasn't, there was very little of a break, so it was just constant. Yeah. Like, I love Dragon Ball Z, but a lot of times, like, it'll cut in between the action to be like, here's what someone else is doing, and it's completely unrelated, or here's what, here's like, here's the the bad guy explaining their their reason why they're a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, One Piece has that side stuff, but they save it for the end of arcs. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to the actual end of Alabasta, but um, they, they like to tell you how everyone else is doing. They're just really considerate yeah. about when they do it. <laughs> yeah. So, alright, so, Luffy, sa- Luffy saved by Miss All Sunday... Um, and then we like yep. don't see him for a while, I guess. No, he just he's just gone. He's, we don't know <laughs> where he goes or what yeah. he does. Yeah, I, we can assume he did something in Yuba because Crocodile sent some horrifying sandstorm over there, saying he's gonna kill the old man, mm-hmm. and Luffy really hated that. So he went and beat up the sandstorm. <laughs> Basically, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, doesn't he come back <laughs> with water? Doesn't he? Yeah. From going from like all that stuff being revealed and happening, they're approaching Alubarna, and the Baroque Works people are all there. Basically, as they're pro- as they're trying to get there, um, the uh, Straw Hat space split up into different sections. So each of the Baroque Works squads has to split up because they think to which one they think Vivi's with, and they have to stop the other Straw Hats. But uh, she wasn't with any of them. Um, but at the same time, it was too late because of the armies already approaching, the royal army is getting moved out because of Mr. Mister Two. Yeah, and, and Crocodile had Baroque Works people in the royal army as well. Yeah. And everything just fucking sucks. Everything like. fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> Crocodile is... He's not even the worst. As far as, like, One Piece getting too politically real and um, things are really sucking, <laughs> Crocodile's trying really hard to be someone we're going to talk about in, like, three years. And that's when we're going to be like, holy <laughs> shit, does it suck. But at the same time, that doesn't make Crocodile not really, really suck. So, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, yeah, they separate into their sort of separate to follow them and yeah so we see they're basically too late because the the rebel army is approaching and they're like ready to attack and they basically just trample Vivi and Kuru but we see a really really sad sequence of Kuru basically jumped in to save Vivi and he's I thought he was dead but I've also found out that just no one dies (laughs) like no one truly seems to die at the moment (laughs) <laughs> Everyone just seems to get horribly hurt, or even in situations where they should have died, which happens twice in this whole, like, Alabasta saga. They're alright. They're okay. <laughs> so, we uh, we get to see Usopp and Chopper face off against, I think he was Mr. Four? Yes. And um, it's a weird Japanese pun on baseball. I don't remember it. I used to. <laughs> and then, um, 
his companion, Miss Merry Christmas? Was that? I can't believe she's not Miss Groundhog Day. That really pisses me off. <laughs> but yes, if that's her name, then yeah. yes. It's Miss Merry Christmas. And then this episode, like, I was, wa- I like, we got done. I was watching all through these. I was excited. And then I found out that you could just feed devil fruit to inanimate objects. And I was like, I have to. Get this, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So th- this is the first time that happens. Um, it's good every time. But yeah, because you're like, oh, that dog ate a cannon fruit. No, 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 no. The, the gun ate a dog fruit. <laughs> Like it's it's a really cool setup for their for their team because she has the mole mm-hmm. mole fruit which is like a chopper's fruit which lets her turn into a mole and then the dog because of its cannon fruit can uh like shoots explosive baseballs which I'm it, well it sneezes them yeah. basically <laughs> out and then Mister Four like hits them with. His giant baseball bat. It's a really good combo. And it's like a crazy, it's like really heavy. And it's a really cool fight because you get to see Chopper do cool stuff and Usopp do good stuff too. A lot of Usopp's goodness is in his personality in this fight. Because he he talks a lot of shit and he's like, you know, I'm not going to let you make fun of my captain. And even though he literally should die, um, he stands up and he... (laughs) You know, does it again? <laughs> that 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 seems to be a, a common thing with Usopp is that he he takes a lot of abuse, but he still keeps going. Like his thing is, he just he survives long enough for the bad guy to figure out to for to figure out how the bad guy to lose. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's interesting too because Usopp and Chopper are at this point where they can't really handle anybody on their own. Um. Yeah. I'm really surprised they had Nami fight somebody on her own, uh, but it's a really, really good fight, so... <laughs> yeah, we get to see uh, Chopper use a rumble ball for his different modes. We see him use uh, do, like, a scope, like, his brain point mode, which I didn't really understand what that one did. It just made him, like, I think able to see weaknesses. Yeah, I, th- I think that he sort of can pinpoint the exact spot that needs to be hit or something. Yeah, it's and it's hard to Usopp explain. <laughs> basically, playing whack a mole with a five ton hammer, and everyone, including uh, Chopper, is like, "Oh my god, he can hold a five ton hammer!" <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. Which it, it's great that in, in like a fights, and it's with like Chopper basically being a little kid. How he's the one who plays into Usopp's like goofiness the most because he genuinely believes it yeah. every time and that never changes <laughs> it's always good <laughs> what's funny is the poster for the movie i'm gonna keep shit talking the movie this entire episode um the poster for the movie shows his five ton hammer it's not in the movie he they's cut the they cut the <laughs> hammer out of the movie but yeah no is uh that's a really good bit um him and his hammer uh, yeah. and th- that's the best part about them teaming up chopper with usap is Chopper buys into that shit. He yeah, and this is a we'll talk about. I'm, I'm gonna revisit this concept for a long time to come, because um, Usopp does some more really, really good things in the future. And it's like, oh my god, I'm so glad Chopper and Luffy buy into it, um, and no one else knows. Like, no, like so, no, everyone else is like, really? Do, why are you guys buying this shit? But <laughs> like, it's it's something that's also shown in the. I think they kind of highlight in the post Alabasta 
one of the, ep- the Usopp's episode is how he's he's even though he's obviously with grown up stuff he's most like a child at heart yeah. still. Like it's kind of exemplified by um him hanging like his his pirate crew. I'm doing air quotes here because this isn't a visual medium. And when he's back on his home island with a bunch of kids who had to have been way younger than him, and it, it just it just it shows that like he's still really innocent and goofy in a different way than Luffy. Luffy is goofy. The L- goofy Luffy. <laughs> we also get to see Chopper's uh, horn point mode, which basically turns him into reindeer with ridiculous horns, mm-hmm. and. I just I really like the way they uh, finish off the like this this like team is like their their combo attack is really good because they're able to disable the uh, dog basically one of the things they do before like the finishing off they ha- they like grab the dog and have it fire into Miss Merry Christmas's like her tunnels basically what you think would be good enough but of course she she makes it out and what she does she like grabs Usopp's feet. And basically tunnels through, speeding him towards Mr. Four. And they gets hit in the face with Mr. Four's, like, how heavy was it? It's like thousand ton. Four, it's a four-ton bat. That's why it was a big deal for the five-ton oh, camera. Because his okay. bat was four tons. <laughs> really good. <laughs> and he just gets... He gets right, knocked in the he gets like knocked in the face with it, which would kill, man. Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> Usopp has like a broken nose and he just his teeth are knocked out and every like he looks just fucked up and still going at it (laughs) yeah what what they get to happen is with um they cause us kind of like a sandstorm to happen like just cover the air so they can't really tell what's going on and uh chopper with his horn point um is doing kind of the same thing to Miss Merry Christmas and charging her towards Mr. Four and Usopp's like laying in the sand somewhere and he says the signal they have for the maneuver they're doing. He doesn't even try to disguise her voice, but they've shown that Mr. Four is kind of dumb and slow, so he just he hears the line and swings and just That's weird cuz in the movie it like heightens his voice. <laughs> Like, it might have been a little bit, but it wasn't too much. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's just more noticeable in English, I don't know. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, knocks her to the face, and then <laughs> they knock him out too. And while that's happening, um, they, they have they had a nice thing too. Every time they finished a fight, saying like, like text across the screen saying what the fight was, who was in it, and who won. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very. It, it kind of reminded me of JoJo at the time because it was like re- retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, real quick, I am gonna go check on my child. I have returned. Um, I've also brought our first guest star onto the show. It is my child, who is five weeks old and need, needs needs to eat. So let's talk about let's talk about Sanji, baby baby's first podcast. Yeah. So it's the uh, Sanji's fight. And he's fighting Mister Two. And it's an interesting dynamic because they both use with kicks. Yes. <laughs> well, what did the subs say? Um, what did he call his... What did Mr. Two call his attacks? He said ballet kenpo. Oh, okay. Everyone does it differently. Because I think in the original... I think what he's saying is okama kenpo. Uh, Eng- English dub straight up said cross-dresser kenpo. I wasn't a fan of that. Um... Uh. Um, that's not that's not the thing I get from his appearance as a cross dresser thing. 
but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's really bad. Yeah. Then again, like, and it, I think it was the director of that film that I want to blame, too, because, and I, I sent you some Snapchats of it, I feel like most of that movie's budget went into Crocodile Sand being made in CG and Nami's breasts. <laughs> well, the two most important things. Really. Yes. <laughs> um, shield your ears, little one. Uh, so, yeah, so Sanji, I don't know how I feel about their fight, ultimately, because it kind of plays into Sanji's inability to fight women. I think, I do think it's, this is, what's, what was actually funny about this is because I was also playing uh, a little bit of uh, Pirate Warriors, Ah. and how if you play a song, if you choose to play Sanji in a mission where there's a lot of females, it gives you a warning, like, Sanji is not good against these characters, are you sure you want to? Mm. <laughs> Which I think is, it's, it's fun that they do something like that, but it doesn't, the, the only issue with it, it doesn't seem to play into, like, some sort of chivalrous reason. It just plays more into, like, a gag, at least at this point. Yeah, I mean, there, that's the thing, it kind of is a gag, it's just One Piece likes to take their gags and <laughs> run with them. <laughs> yeah, um, like it, it. I think it would work better if he if he had some sort of like weird like chivalry thing, and he's like, I can't hit women even if they're bad guys. It's like that that works, but it's more. It was more of like he'd change, and it was just his face. Like he, it still had Bon Clay's body. Did it? it? He'd change his face to like yes. In in the anime, he huh. just changed his face to like Nami. And then Sanji would go from, like, intense fighting face to hard eyes. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> this is the movie, because the movie it did show uh, breasts. Because I guess Bonte's okay. power is supposed <laughs> to let him change his whole body as well. Yep. They, they did a... They, they showed that when he was disguising himself as the king. And then they first showed that when he made himself into Nami when he was on the ship mm-hmm. before they realized who each other was. And he turned himself into Nami and flashed the crew. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> there you go. Good job with the burp. Good job not throwing up on me. So is there anything significant that happens in the fight? Or is it just kind of like they kick at each other um, and there's... Some yeah, jokes. it's mostly they just kick at each other and there's there's jokes, but they're something that I thought was nice is they they kind of do the the standoff final thing and then Sanji kicks him into submission basically, and they kind of come to an agreement that it was a good fight, and it's had mm-hmm. like it it's less of like they just defeated the bad guy but a vague rivalry kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's intentional because Sanji does spend some time with, uh, let's say, the person who trained Bon Clay. So I wonder if that was like an intentional sort of like, I want them to be a connection there or not. (laughs) Yeah, because they kind of had it set up like Bon Clay basically admitted defeat. Like he wasn't knocked out and dead. Mm -hmm. He was just like, I I don't think I can win. I I don't want to die. I secede to you. Yeah. While their fight's going on, Vivi decides that to distract the army and rebel army from fighting, that she has to blow up the palace, because everyone, like, it'll be a huge distraction, and it'll get everyone to stop fighting long enough for her to make the case. How does that Um, go? Uh, Crocodile shows up and basically stops them before they could. So not very well. (laughs) Yeah, because Crocodile's just, uh, 
he has everything covered. He, yeah, there's <laughs> a insane. quote. I think I don't know how, how it shows up in the show, but in the movie, he said something about like the king said something, and then the crocodile was like, "I prefer the word thorough." <laughs> and it's like, God, I hate you, but you're right. <laughs> and then we also see Mr. One's power. He has the dice, dice fruit. It splits off from Zoro to fight him and uh, Nami to fight Miss Doublefinger. Which is a weird choice of name. Yeah, it, especially because they've kind of vaguely set up most of these companions having something related to a date. Like Golden Week or All Sunday, uh, Merry yeah. Christmas, and hers is just Doublefinger. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure there is a thing that double finger is, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look into it. Hey everybody, Joe here. We're after the fact. I'm editing this episode as I am speaking, and just wanted to pop in and say that I did look up just now uh, what Miss Doublefinger's name means. It's actually a reference to January 1st, 1-1, uh, one, one, which is really clever. It turns out that uh, it's actually just specifically the way that Oda describes uh, the day, so it does. It is in line. It is a day, uh, holiday, same as everyone else. It's uh, New Year's Day, so it's it's really interesting. It's really weird because it's so specific to a reference of Oda himself. It's, it was cool. I wanted to pop that in. Hope you guys are liking the episode. As soon as I'm done talking, you're gonna hear my kid spit up on me. So, uh, bye. Hope you like the rest of the episode. Oh, good burp. So, oh that that was spit up, but no, nope, that's more spit. Oh. <laughs> Good job, though. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so, we're gonna go clean him up. So one more baby break. I just remembered since a new member of the crew joined, like right at the end, we're gonna have to bring up our usual stick with that. But at the end of the episode, once she's officially joined. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll do that. You know what's interesting too, and is I'm gonna make a note of it now, real quick. Is they never made another opening to include her in the four kids dub. Um, so we, before this is over, we have to figure out what exactly is Robin doing? I was going to suggest that too. <laughs> so that's a, that's a task for us to do before the end of this episode. Um, so Sanji finished his fight. Now we're looking at, uh, Zoro's fight and Nami's fight. Yeah. It, it, Nami's lasted longer cause hers had more kind of discovery there's, there's going on. There's exposition in hers. Yeah. yeah. Well, Zoro's was the Zoro fight, which doesn't mm-hmm. make it bad, but the beats to a Zoro fight are, are pretty, like, standard by now. But with Nami's fight, basically, before before they, like, she actually engages with Miss Doublefinger, um, it shows, like, a, a vague flashback scene of her on the ship with Usopp. Like, everyone else has devil powers, or <coughs> they have some sort of training, Zoro's really good with swords. We're just regular people. We kind of can't hold our own in fights as well as the rest of them do. I want you to make me a weapon. And boy, does he. And the the three, like the two, three episodes with her fight is just her figuring out how to use it, which I'm willing to believe that, uh, like, I'm willing to accept that she waited until she had to use it to figure it out. Though, considering how, like, intellectual Nami is you think she would have gotten some practice with it beforehand unless Usopp only got done with it right before they made it to Alabarna which that could be the case too they, they aren't really, really clear but they do show them on the ship when she asks for it it could kind of fit in wherever it's hard to say 
Yeah. I, I'm just going to have the assumption that they didn't, like, he didn't finish making it. Yeah. Didn't finish making this magical device that could <laughs> do ridiculous things. Yeah, let's... <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, man, I love Nami's um, techniques, but it's... And it's weird, too, because we'll be like, yeah, okay, sure. Devil fruits are normal. Stretching like rubber is yeah. normal. But the magic wand is a bit much. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it, it's kind of... It's one of those things where it's just unclear. Like, with uh, Mr. Three's companion, she's able to paint so well, it evokes emotion from people. But there's no, like, super like supernatural element to it. It's just she's really good at painting. So some of those... It's some of those things that... You can't if you have too much explanation for it. Be diff, it might be difficult to set that up even. Mm-hmm. So it in this setting it doesn't hurt it that much, but it's just it's kind of odd that there's a magic wand now. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it's mostly like her doing a bunch of gags with it, like doves come out and like flowers. It can do it can just make regular bubbles. Uh, it can be like a sprinkler. Yeah, it's interesting that oh. she was like, I need you to build me a weapon. And he was like, all right, so 50% of this staff is going to be like magic tricks <laughs> that have no use whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It, it it was nice that like it, it cut in the middle of a fight with someone who had horrifying powers. Yeah. To... Can we miss Doublefinger for just a second? Because holy shit. She, she um, ate the spike spike fruit. Which allows her to make herself spiky and make other things have spikes come out of them as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from what we can tell, they they can penetrate through entire walls with no problem. Yeah, they're just... In- <laughs> it just kind of happens. Yeah. Works well with uh, Mr. One's powers because he can, he can just turn his arms into blades. <laughs> So what what it is set up with Nami as she's going through like the gags with with her weapon is that it can also produce bubbles that are um, one's like a heat bubble, one's like a water bubble, and one's an electric bubble. Mm-hmm. And one she's like first one she figures out she's shooting them at this double finger is just kind of popping and not really doing anything. Yeah, she has to connect the dots in the middle of the fight, and I think yeah. My imagination gives gives it the benefit of the doubt to stretch it of, you know, she's smart, and she, but, like, it's probably stressful <laughs> to yeah. be figuring it out during uh, this fight, um, it, but once it, it she also, gets it, she gets it because she knows weather really well. Yeah, which I didn't even think about that, actually. <laughs> that's yeah. really good, but something that's also... Best up is Usopp gave her instructions on it on like a piece of paper. Yeah. And the first side is just like, here's a bunch of magic tricks you can do at a party. Oh, and the actual stuff you can do is on the other side. Yeah. The paper. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing she does, which is really cool, is she makes a mirage of herself with it. She uses like the water and the heat one to create a mirage of herself. And Miss Doublefinger stabs it, and you're like, oh no, Nami's dead. But she's, yeah. she's actually not, thankfully. That'd be scary. And sets up herself to do, like, a thunderstorm after getting impaled by the spikes some and the usual, like, oh no, are they actually going to make it? And something else that's really terrifying that happens is Miss Doublefinger can, like, 
stab herself with her spikes to turn herself into a JoJo character. And she just gets, like, ripped and just muscular. But just in time, Nami is able to set up, like, a thunderstorm to strike this double finger with lightning. And while that's going on, too, like, after while she's defeating this double finger, we're seeing um, what's going on between Vivi, uh, Nico Robin, and Crocodile. And the king's just there, kind of stabbed into the wall with giant spikes. One of the things that uh, Crocodile wants is he has a he has a Pluton set up, which I guess is a giant cannon set up in the capital of Alabasta that can fire a cannonball so big it can blow up islands. Okay. And he plans to launch it into the center of the city <laughs> and kill everyone. I don't know if it was mistranslation or what, but that's not entirely true. Okay. Um, because he does, he does have the bomb set up, everything. But that's yeah. not Pluton. Oh, okay. Pluton, he's trying to find. That's why he's... At. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I was a little mixed up there. That makes yeah. more sense. Because that's why they're looking at the um, Poneglyphs mm-hmm. or whatever that Robin knows how to read. Yeah. And is that what they set up in that vaguely filler episode where they just fall into the ground in the Yeah, desert? they vaguely set up that Poneglyphs exist. That's about it. Um, and they're like, man, these are so weird, and how would anyone be able to read this? Um, turns out there's, like, maybe three people in the world who could do it. Uh, Robin's one of them. Um, they're mainly history about, uh, um, blah, 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 Nico, Robin, we'll explain it later. Yeah. The, the, uh, Crocodile is convinced that the one hidden in Alabasta explains where Pluton is, or how to use it, or etc., um, which is some, which is okay. the ancient weapon from the ancient times that can destroy islands. It's I don't know, yeah. some Death Star shit. And then the the thing with that, and that confused me. Is why would he want to destroy an entire nation just to get that information? Um, because <laughs> it's if you have the ability, it's it's kind of like the like an arms race. Cold War sort of situation where if he could blow up literally anybody, who's gonna fuck with him? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's like but, but, I, the first thing you usurp is Alabasta, and then you usurp the whole world government, and then all the Marines, and then mm. Crocodile rules the world or some shit. That's my guess. He doesn't get that far. No, thankfully. <laughs> As he's explaining that, um, we get to see Zoro face off with Mister One. And it's just the usual Zoro fight of he fights someone else with swords. And then the guy he's fighting appears to have the upper hand. And this is the main one where I was like, how does four kids do this? Where they have him get literally drilled into with blade arms. And not only, and he survives. And there's a lot of blood and horrifying cuts across his chest. But how you even make that that remotely like fit for kids because from what i'm aware of with four kids they have sanji not sanji they have zoro's swords like always sheathed or he's using like training swords he's not like actually cutting people so i'm just at a loss (laughs) yeah as you know i'm gonna look it up real quick i want to watch it (laughs) this can't be the four kids one because he has blood on him Maybe they just fucking gave up. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like just just, send, Wait, ha- just play the show again. Who cares? 
<laughs> the whole thing going on during the Mr. One fight is he has, uh, Zoro has, like, flashbacks to him talking to his master when he was a kid about how he wants to be so strong he can cut through stone. Mm-hmm. And he gets kind of, he gets like a, a weird answer that you that's like the man who like he says that like he throws up a piece of paper, cuts through it, but it actually doesn't cut the paper. And Zoro as a dumb kid is like, You didn't even cut it, what are you getting at? And he says yeah. that man who can cut through nothing can also cut through anything which I don't e- <laughs> which sounds dumb, but <laughs> I think that what he's leading towards is control over a sword. Like if he can yeah. push a sword towards, like he, sh- he shows it with the leaf, where he like yeah. slices the leaf, but it doesn't cut because yeah. he has full control over what the sword does. So et cetera, et cetera, blah blah. Mister One's arms are as hard as stone, and he's just like, if I can't cut through stone, I can't cut through <laughs> cut through you. And he's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An entire building collapses on Zoro, but. He he makes it out, and then they do the final standoff thing, like every Zoro fight, and then they cut through each other, and then Zoro's the victor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For some it, reason, it doesn't ever get less satisfying, but it's just that's kind of the beats of it. It's like Zoro goes through some internal conflict with fighting the guy, overcomes it. They have a, a, a final showdown where they're like, only one of us will make it out after this, and then cuts through them. <laughs> yep. Only one of us can make it out of this and I'm the main character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. That fight's... Uh, it's it's still a Zoro fight and I still have all those complaints about it, but damn, do I like watching it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the first time I think I can really say that about a Zoro fight um, <laughs> that we've talked about. And there's going to oh. be more dumb Zoro fights, don't get me wrong. Um... <laughs> Some of them more dumb than others, but honestly, the best Zoro fight is probably still Mihawk and fucking Barati arc because it something ha- happens and it matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you so, said they mentioned Mister One's name. Do you remember what it was, or did you write it down? It's Das Bones, which is a fucking yeah. rad name. Um, because it's like it's way at the end of the arc when the Navy's talking. It's like right when you see uh, Zoro's bounty poster. They're like, he cut down a famous bounty hunter. And, and that's something else that's up, like, right at the beginning of the fight. It's like, I heard of you. You're the famous um, bounty hunter from, like, North Blue or something like that. Yeah, and that's... It's really interesting, too, because we remember we talked about in Whiskey Peak, Zora was like, oh, I never joined Baroque Works because it was shady, but it's all these bounty hunters, and Daz Bones being, like, the highest bounty hunter in the group. <laughs> uh, makes sense that they would know each other. But uh, yeah. Daz Bones is cool. Um... <laughs> I, I I think I know why the Marines mentioned him at the very end. Um, him and him and Crocodile are going to be spending some time together in, in a in a deep deep place, in that bad dark deep water. We'll uh, we'll get to that in like forty years. Yeah, this is this is a part that was like really upsetting to see. Was Vi- Vivi is confronting with Crocodile? Crocodile is explaining his grand plan, and like the elite royal guard shows up. And they drank something called the Fatal Fuel, which makes them, like, really strong and ready to fight, but it shortens their lifespan, so they have, like, 15 minutes to fight Crocodile. And one of them charges at him, cuts through him, and he just, like, materializes out of sand up above where they can't reach him. And he's like, 
I can just... And, and he's just like, I'll just stand up here till you're dead and come back down. <laughs> and it's really upsetting. We see a Koza pops up. And some, that's something that's, I'm disappointed with Koza's character overall. They make him out to be a big deal, but he doesn't do shit. Anything? Like, <laughs> He's yeah, mainly there like, for like a backstory tie-in. Because here's it, the thing. If Koza wasn't there, would you feel bad for the Rebel Army? No. There you go. <laughs> so they, they, like, they put Koza in. They give you the backstory connection to Vivi. Blah, blah, blah. You're sad. I, I think it probably wouldn't have been as effective, but if they still they could have had that sequence of the small kid wanting to join the rebel army, and they showed like the unnamed leader and the rest of like high rank officers how they're like covered in scars, people have like missing limbs and stuff, how they're like all messed up from the from the rebellion and how none of them want to do it, but they feel they have to for their country. It's just, it adds just a little bit more by having Koza, but it's really disappointing that he just kind of, it's, it's just I his think it's role just is to get shot. not on the scale of, like, <laughs> someone who can actually do anything. He's just a dude. He's all yeah. passion, no ability. Yeah. Anyways. So, <laughs> what's going on is that Koza and um, Vivi kind of go with the, uh, the army to... To basically reveal that what's been going on and throw a white flag, so they they see that um, Koza is holding a surrender flag with the royal army, so they realize that something's come to terms, and a, a shitty guy with a broke works tattoo shoots him. Yeah. So it's the second time getting sh- getting shot for dramatic effect. Crocodile also starts a sandstorm, which makes it so people can't really see what's going on, mm-hmm. and. Like broke broke works members on both sides are just firing blindly at the other side, so that causes a huge fight to break out. Thankfully, just in time, Luffy flies in with Pell to kick some ass <laughs> from literally nowhere. Here comes Luffy. Yep. <laughs> Luffy comes in. Luffy comes in in his uh, Super Mario Sunshine cosplay yeah. to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. Um, you're not wrong. Uh, Luffy loves to drop from the sky at the best possible moment and save the day. Yeah. Um, and so, we love him for that. So he has um, a giant barrel of water on his back and like small pumps strapped onto his arms to make him like to make him constantly covered in water because I guess it's something that. They briefly sh- showed that I must have missed on, but he can't like dematerialize when he's uh, when he's wet because sand turns like clumps together when it's wet. Yeah. So, which makes sense. This, you don't really have to like yeah. think about it or be like, oh, they yeah. didn't tell me the <laughs> physics of sand. Yeah, which I kind of figured something with water would would happen to stop him, but I didn't think it'd be like this. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually interesting too. Um, I, I don't know if it was as brought to attention in the show, but in the movie, what they did was when Crocodile, like, stabs through him in that super dramatic scene, um, yeah. he, he stabs him, um, through the water bottle that he has, 
Because yeah. it's like on his chest. And so it goes down his arm, and then Luffy like grabs his arm, and Crocodile yeah, like gets they, really they, pissed and chucks yeah. him into the sand. <laughs> um, and I, and if that was in the show, then it's like brilliant because I didn't catch they, they, it either. They did show that, but I didn't really like process it exactly. Yeah, because I didn't like I was watching the movie and I was like, "Holy shit, that's really subtle and good." Yeah. Um, or we're idiots, and everyone who's ever seen One Piece and happened to listen to this is like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Didn't fucking notice that until <laughs> fucking three years later? Come on." Um, <laughs> that could be it. Who too. knows? <laughs> but it was really, it's really good, regardless. Yeah. And Luffy uh. fights are great because we just get to constantly see him being creative with his powers, mm-hmm. like the. Th- like, he, he uses basically what, like, something, a tip that Crocodile gave him, that if you <laughs> kind of think outside, like, the, the boundaries of what your powers can do, and you get creative, you can do a lot more with it. Yeah. So, like, what Luffy does to amplify his his base gum-gum pistol is, he, he would call it gum-gum buzzsaws. When it's stretched out, he pulls on his arm to make it, like vibrate which causes his arm mm-hmm. to kind of flail all over really quickly causing like a gi- giant barrage of punches that you can't really guess yeah. where it's gonna hit you yeah <laughs> oh man not a whole lot of that happens in this next big arc we're going towards um the next one's pretty it's a completely different type of arc for one piece but um <laughs> after that when we get to fucking water seven and you slobby that tag team situation where we're gonna have like four or five episodes for one continuous story uh <laughs> some serious shit goes down in that where i'm like luffy is a goddamn genius and i cannot wait to burst about that shit with you and i'm not gonna even remotely spoil it because i i want you to appreciate it <laughs> uh so but yeah luffy's great i'll i'll splurge a little bit more when in like in like another 10 15 minutes where we get to um gum gum storm because that's really fucking cool as well there's something that i don't like about this is that he can there's no limits to crocodile's power let me <laughs> real quick pull up a little google search on crocodile um not the animal crocodile <laughs> fucking what did i think just searching the word crocodile <laughs> would get me the character um he is 44 he's been in the game a while um he and i mean he already had a really had some time to work with it so is is that is it kind of like just your experience with it allows you to figure out all you can do or is it just you can make your devil fruit power stronger because both. I, I would like to assume that Ace probably hasn't had his power as as long as Crocodile, because Ace is going to be younger, but it was shown that Ace has a ridiculously strong power as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Ace has had about his it, fruit. Ace would be able to to destroy Crocodile and, that's why he and had turn to him into leave. a statue. That's why he had to leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ace has had this fruit for under two years. But he also fucking rolls with Whitebeard, okay. so I'm sure Whitebeard's taught him a couple of things. And he's probably constantly doing, yeah. like, s- Yeah, stuff. he moved up in the ranks pretty quickly. 
That's something I'm also a little bit upset with is that they didn't give really much of Crocodile's backstory. We still don't really know anything about Crocodile's backstory. Um, even like now, I don't know really what drives him to do the terrible things he does. I was I was hoping for something because not really much is known about him. And there's not even like even with the buggy, buggy knew who Shanks was because he was on like a ship with him at one point. Mm-hmm. So like we got that much from him, but Crocodile is just a big asshole who wants to ruin things. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a big asshole. So what's Crocodile doing? I, f- I forgot where we were. So Crocodile defeats Luffy a second time. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, one, of the, one of the cool things that, that Luffy did with his powers is he drank the entire thing of water <laughs> and had a, a comically large belly. But he used his arms as like a pump to shoot water out of his mouth to like oh hit Crocodile in the face. <laughs> I love that rubber boy. But Luffy loses a second time. So, define loses a second time. Because I, again, didn't see that in the movie. <laughs> so I don't remember very well. This is bef- this is before they go underground? Yes. Okay, so that's why. That's why I don't remember it. Oh I remember the underground fight really well, and that's it. Yeah. That's that's what it, it was just kind of unclear. He got, looked like he got stuck. Like, he got stabbed again, basically, and it kind of just left him there, and then they went underground because the king was like, all right, I'll show you where the po- uh, potoglyphs are. Please stop killing my <laughs> friends. I'll show you the rock. Yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, like, Nico and the king go down there. Uh, Crocodile goes down, down there after them, and she uh, reads it, and... Oh, guess what? Pluton's not mentioned, and it's about history, and Crocodile thinks she's lying, so he just stabs her after, like, they had a small confrontation where she kind of expected him to turn on her at some point, so what she does is, re- what she does is really impressive, using her powers as she has a vial of water that she throws, and then grows an arm out of his back to catch it, and tries to throw it on him. As she charges at him with a knife, but he avoids it hitting him and just stabs through her with his horrifying hook. And and then she's dead. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty much just dead and laying there. And Luffy jumps in and is like, all right, Crocodile, I'm ready to kick your ass this time. Third time's do it. a charm. Yep. And he uses, and Crocodile, he punches Crocodile, and I'm thinking, and Crocodile's thinking, how did he do that? He doesn't have water anymore, but he's just using the uh, his blood. Yeah, he has blood on his hands, which has a lot of moisture in it. Yeah, and he, he's just using that instead. And again, again, it's <laughs> like how did how did four kids make this show? Yeah, like <laughs> that. That's the one that. How could you avoid that at all? I don't know. In you know, in a minute he's gonna but reveal a poison hook, and we saw how they handled uh, poison darts, so probably not very well. Yep. <laughs> While this fight is going on, um, the rest of the Straw Hats, Vivi and Pell, are trying to locate where that giant uh, town destroying cannon is, mm-hmm. and we they just it's just a montage of them like not being able to find anything. In a horrifying sandstorm, 
plus Usopp is in a has has been in a full body and nose cast since his fight, <laughs> so he hasn't really been able to do anything. <laughs> they uh they come across a, two people brokeworks that we've never met before up until this point, who is Mister Seven and Miss Father's Day, and she's dressed up like a frog. Were they not at the meeting? Um. I think they were at the meeting, but it just kind of brushed over them because that's the only other time they showed up. They're in <laughs> yeah, they're not yeah. important. And uh, she has she's dressed like a frog, and she goes Carol Carol like frogs do in Japan. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're gonna fire off the big bomb, which is on a timer. And this is just like the most fucked up sequence. <laughs> it starts off funny because both Sanji. And Zoro are in the tower, and it's like, hey, why don't you go up up higher and kick their ass? It's like, oh, no, we don't have time. So they they have, like, an interesting way of getting up there. They kind of stack on top of each other, and then Zoro launches them up while they, like, throw Vivi up onto the ledge. And it's as Mr. Seven is shooting at them, as the fuse is going off, and they're, like, counting down, so it's like seconds going off trying to get it and Vivi is able to knock them off of the tower and down and stop the fuse like a second before it's about to go off yeah she gets the fuse but then she she's stricken with horror and she shouts down to the crew that even if you're able to stop the cannon it is set with a timer to explode yeah so this now they have two more minutes <laughs> <laughs> Two more minutes until everything blows up. Yeah. And if you think so that's they sad, can't, stay tuned. <laughs> they they can't figure out what to do. They're just like defeated and Pell shows up and carries the bomb off, but not before an emotional montage. Vivi and Koza as kids with their secret gang and they're using like the clock tower as a hideout like they they're making like this munitions place a hideout yeah and that's and upsetting and they're um like something happens and there's like an explosion because they're like messing with bombs and stuff like there's something minor because they're all just like kind of playing around as dumb kids mm-hmm. there's a scene where Pell slaps her because because of what she's doing is bad and Igaram like jumps out like you can't do that you're you're pretty new addition to the army too. You're gonna get like you're gonna be in serious trouble. It's like her, her crying and he's like basically crying, saying you could have gotten hurt or died, and that would have been terrible. And he's like stricken with grief even thinking about it, showing yeah. how much the royal family means to him. As he turns into a bird, lifts the giant bomb up, and in like there's no audio, like which makes it worse. Of, there's just like the clicking of like the clock of the clock tower as he's flying off thinking about the royal family and how much it all means to him and it explodes but no explosion sound just bright light and Vivi looking just <sighs> broken as it's happening and she's screaming at the army to stop because she's just tired of like she just can't handle what's been going on so much and it's just uh, <laughs> it's 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 a lot to take in. <laughs> it's wrenching. Watching the movie, it didn't hit me as hard, but that's because I, I <laughs> I've seen him since then. <laughs> so yeah, there's that too. Like he just 
kind of shows up at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, wait, joke's on you. Um, I'm not dead. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> While Luffy is fighting Crocodile, Nami tells everyone to go and try and stop the Royal Army by whatever means possible, so just like throwing them apart from each other. You see Usopp scratching his nails on a chalkboard, which I'm glad they kept in the movie from that Snapchat you said. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just one of Usopp's weapons, is being able to scratch chalkboard to make people upset, mm. <laughs> which is great. It's really good. And the mo- probably the most like subtle, like emotional scene that they could do is it starts raining yeah because that's been that's been like the main reason for all of this is the lack of water and how alubarna used to have all this rain and it just stopped and we're still not i don't think they make it clear why it stopped raining i i kind of assumed that like there was some sort of thing going on with the dance powder Mm -hmm. that was causing a drought but it could have just been a more natural drought and crocodile was using that to fr- to like make yeah. things worse. So, but I wouldn't put it past crocodile to be like farther on the continent away using dance powder to make it so rain doesn't go through Alabarna. Yeah. While while it's happening, Luffy is um, fighting crocodile, and crocodile has his horrifying poison hook, which can melt rock. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's some powerful poison, and it's it's kind of like a weird like look how powerful this poison is. So that way you know how strong Luffy is when it doesn't fucking work on him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it, as if his as if his hook wasn't terrifying enough, he like is like secretly there's another hook inside of it, and it's more deadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the thing with the fight. And it's something that shows through with a lot of Luffy fights is just how dedicated and serious Luffy is to achieving his dream. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what causes him to overpower Crocodile. Pure well, willpower. Cro- yeah. Well, Crocodile, like, wants to be king of the pirates and everything, too. Luffy has, like, the sheer will and emotion for it that when people don't take him seriously or like put him down for it it's just more empowering to him mm-hmm. and he basically explain pl- explains to crocodile how crocodile just doesn't understand it truly which that's that's kind of what it seems to be with a lot of these people is luffy has like this pure dream of being the best to kind of impress a childhood hero and to also like be the best and everyone else has like these outlying kind of half-assed reasons for it Mm -hmm. and it's yeah his his end goal is literally like to protect people crocodiles end goal is to i don't know be stronger (laughs) than other people (laughs) but in not in just kind of like a figurative way it's more of luffy's thing well crocodile appears to want to have like things to show that he's the best like he had that big casino yeah he palace. wants like a more physical he... manifestation of power whereas yeah Luffy wants power <laughs> it's, it's all about what they're going to use with it you know what they're going to use it for yeah and luffy has and and goodness always prevails so <laughs> luffy just uses his 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 crazy gum gum storm to yeah <laughs> like that is so yeah one it, wild attack. We, <laughs> fuck wild. We were we were talking about <laughs> Luffy's sort of learning the physics of his his rubber body, and so he he's used the balloon before, 
But now, yeah. he's like, what if I used that to send myself flying for <laughs> momentum? And it... Yeah. <laughs> and he just star platinums crocodile to his death. Yeah, he literally aura, aura, auras him into the next life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it causes him to rocket ship through the roof of, like, the kind of basement building they're in as it's collapsing it, it's just a, a nice ending because they they wrap everything up yeah it actually sort of all gets wrapped up so luffy after he beats the shit out of crocodile um knocks him unconscious by as the description on the website says knocking him through solid bedrock yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so nika robin provides a little a little solution to his poison problem yeah, but they don't they don't show that just yet. Oh, it's a flashback. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it, it's a flashback to um, when she joins the crew. Actually, really? <laughs> when they reveal it. Weird how they why they do that. Because <laughs> in the movie, it's like immediate. So, what what happens after this is pretty unclear. How Luffy and the King and everyone made it out. We see when she um reveals it there's also something we skipped over with um that, that i just remember because i wanted to talk about robin's power just a little bit she's confronted by as they're going to find the poneglyphs um she's confronted by tashigi and the marines and she uses her power to just put them all in chokeholds and knock them out and then yep. with tashigi she does the same thing and also when she's on the ground Use I, I thought it broke her legs, but uses them to like pop them out of place so she can't even confront them, and she's just like dead face doing it, not like looking evil doing it, not looking remorseful, just like this is just another thing I yep. have to do in my day is choke all these people out. And snap yeah, legs. I think I think Oda's <laughs> actually pretty like artful on the way he does this, um, because early on Robin's just kind of like weirdly chilled out which yeah as she opens up like you'll learn about her backstory and then after you do she's like a completely different person like once luffy knows <laughs> once she has like come out and explained what she's been through she's like a way happier person and it's interesting to watch that happen and it's, it's i don't know it's cool it's cool stuff cool stuff <laughs> good good anime yeah <laughs> but it's like everything's turned okay because they see crocodile launch into the crowd after they're all distracted by the rain and it's explained to them by vivi because her voice is finally being heard yeah because they're no longer clanging metal against each other yeah about what's been going on it's all been a setup from crocodile from the beginning mm. <laughs> and <Which is laughs> everything's okay such a nice touch it was like all the people you killed was for not yeah but <laughs> But something that, like, it was a small thing that was nice, and it's Co Cobra the King. He he came out from under all the rubble and everything from Luffy. Basically, Koz is like, I, there's nothing we can do to make up for this. This is all mess, and it's all our fault for misunderstanding. It's an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, it's it was Egram who just fucking popped up out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, Co Crocodile did it. <laughs> and it's like, Egram's just like, hey, everything's all right. We'll explain why he's the bad guy. And then Chill out. Cobra just tells um, Koza that 
it's all right. We'll just work towards making the country better from now on. Mm -hmm. So, because everyone's aware that it's all from a horrifying misunderstanding that pointing fingers and trying to punish people isn't going to do anything. They just need to move on from it. Mm -hmm. They just kind of, they show a bunch of weird things to be updated on. Like, people who I didn't think I'd ever see again. Like, Django's just in the Marines now? Yeah, so Django joins the Marines. Um, <laughs> I think, doesn't he team up with, I think he's on the same team as Full Body? Yes. Now? Yeah. <laughs> Luffy, after uh, fighting them, he was asleep for three days. So he was confused mm -hmm. as to why everyone was like, hey, long time no see. He's like, what? I just saw you guys a few hours ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when I got killed and you ran away and then yeah. I came back somehow. <laughs> uh, it's just, it, it's just, it's really nice that we have, um, it's something that you don't see with other stuff is after everything's settled, we get, we get a wrap up of it. Like everything's not only is it settled, but they're like, hey, we got to get to this next place. Here's what's going on in the country with all these people. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really cool that. Yeah, One Piece regularly checks up on that stuff too after the fact, and um, what I don't I don't remember if the if the subs or anything make this joke or maybe it was only in the movie, but Luffy was like three days. That's fifteen meals that I could have eaten. Yeah, um, he says fifteen meals. Yeah, and, and it's, Which is it's fucking five meals a day. They make two points to say that's how Luffy tracks his time. Yeah, and by his calculations, that's five meals a day. <laughs> yeah, um, I made the realization too, because uh, my wife was like, "That's five meals a day." When we were watching it, I was like, "You know what? His stomach is made of rubber. He probably never feels full because yeah, that expands. too." <laughs> and it's like suddenly everything makes sense. That, that's scary to think about. Like, it's not just his exterior that's rubbery; it's everything mm -hmm. internal too. So. And, yeah, that doesn't really become apparent for a while, but he does some cool stuff when you start to think about it. While this is going on, the Marines are still there. Uh, they're having a conundrum internally, like, how do we keep them safe and get them out of the country while the Marines are watching everything because they're wanted? Something that I thought was really cool was um, they introduced Black Cage Hina as one of the higher rankings in the, in the Marines. While uh, Smoker's on the phone with the higher-ups in the Marines, they're saying, congratulations on taking down the pirate crocodile. You're, you're going to get promotions and everything. And Smoker's pissed off that they're getting credit for it because not yeah. only did they not do it, but his, uh, his subordinate was in tears because they couldn't do it. They had to rely on pirates to do it for them. Yeah, Toshiki was like, I can't believe we can't do it. Smoker was like, I didn't do it. I don't want to take credit for it. Yeah, Smoker's like pissed off and tells the Marines to go to hell, basically. Mm -hmm. Which sets up that he he holds his like integrity higher than like what the Marines are giving him. And it's it's a nice character trait that... And it, it, it rubs off on what he told Toshiki is to follow her honor. Not just like... It's not a black and white thing where... The, all the pirates are bad yeah. we're the good guys it's more it's a moral gray area mm -hmm. and in this situation she made the right choice to let the straw hats yeah. get away because 
in this situation, they didn't do anything wrong. They were essential to capturing one of the seven warlords <laughs> who was going outside of his, his yeah, jurisdiction, basically. The, the rules. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I wonder a lot. I ponder a lot. I'm like, I wonder if Smoker will always be a Marine. So he, he shows up working under the Marines still mm-hmm. later? Because I figured from his, like, his go-to-hell line that he'd uh, kind of break off from the Marines kind of like he, pursue like he, he still has a right a sense of justice and still pursuing after the straw hats and other pirates mm-hmm. but it wasn't in the in the same situation that the marines were giving him like he was kind of going rogue in a sense yeah and i think he still kind of does that um he kind of uses the marines as a method of transportation to do the things he wants to do um, like he moves up in the ranks so he can be like, okay, now I'm going to be here and then I'm going to be put here. And he's sort of putting himself in the situation where he can get things done. I don't know if he just thinks he's on the better side because he knows both sides yeah. are bad. Um, I, I, I also think part of it is he could never convince Tashigi to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, the last time I saw him, he was a Marine. Okay, and then they set up that there's a Marines blockade, so we can't really, uh, so it's going to be difficult to escape, and also that Bon Clay um, (laughs) has stolen their ship, basically, (laughs) but he said, hey, thanks for letting me borrow your ship, friends, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he just assumes they're friends now, but he does. Yeah, doesn't he? Doesn't he help them escape? He does in a nice show of uh Yeah, no, Luffy and Luffy and Bonnie Clay continue to be like super best buds. It's bizarre. <laughs> I don't know why Bon Clay was ever working for Crocodile. It, it's I, I think it was just some sort of like means of making money mm-hmm. would be my guess. They start off as friends because they don't know who each other is and then it just kind of goes from there. And even with his um fight with Sanji, it was more shown that like he's not interested in the dumb politics behind what crocodile stealing he probably was just in it for the money i I thought it was great that uh jango and full body were part of the same crew and usopp just blows up their (laughs) ship with one shot (laughs) and luffy's luffy is like whoa that was incredible and usopp's like almost horrified at what he just did he's like oh yeah that's what happens when you have usopp (laughs) on board it's a very usopp thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you think you're gonna get, gonna get like this at least short montage of the battleship? Nope, <laughs> blown up. As they're escaping, because uh, what Bond Clay does is they have both the ships. He uses his fruit. He uses his uh, clone clone power to look like Luffy, and everyone else on the ship is uh, dressed like the rest of the Straw Hat crew as they're riding off mm-hmm. into the sunset, basically. And the, the the whole blockade is like, we don't know what ship to follow. Obviously, they're taking the decoy ship, so they go after that one, sending most sending most of their stuff there. They, they notice that it's uh, not actually the Straw Hats. Their ship gets blown up anyways, but it shows that Bon Clay is not a completely bad guy. He was just <laughs> in a bad crowd. Yeah, I know, Bon Clay's super cool. We will see him again, and his character design will be a thousand times better. The the thing that the reason why the Straw Hats haven't completely taken off from the island is they arranged to go to a meet to see uh, Vivi one last time. Yeah, Lu- Luffy's under the impression that she wants to stay with them. Yeah. <laughs> but the- Which, 
we, uh, you know, I still think like maybe she will join the crew eventually. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be really cool. I, if it does happen, I mean, so much time has passed where maybe she's super strong now. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, like, hard to say. The, the way they set it up to make, like, not only would it have been bad how this whole sequence of them meeting her was, like, seeing her for the last time was, but they add additional things to make it worse. Like, to just make you, like, sobbing. They have a scene of her yeah. unable to sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's bad. <laughs> they have a scene of her <laughs> unable to sleep, and she's t- telling Karu, like, I'm so used to a chef getting mad at the captain for stealing the food in the middle of the night, and all the fighting and all the playing around. Mm-hmm. And, and then she she goes to give a speech to her people, and it's set up all throughout the country through transponder snails and amplifiers. And something that's really cool about transponder snails is that they also, like, idiosyncrasies the characters have when they talk. Like, their expressions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, the, the eyes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, like, change. when bon, bon Clay's talking, it does, like, the ridiculous face he does it. When Smoker's talking, it looks all, like, angry. It has, like, the lips burst out because he has cigars in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's a very <laughs> nice detail, yeah. But she's giving a huge speech to this whole country about... This wonderful time she spent with the crew and all the world she got, all the different things she got to see while she was palling around with them. And Luf, they're like sitting at the meeting point and they're like, we gotta go, the Marines are coming after us. And it turns out that she's not giving a speech in Alabarna. Egram's dressed up as her, and they have a throwaway line of like, does of Egram's th- I think it was him, or it might have been someone else saying like he must really enjoy it if he d- dresses up like a woman this often because <laughs> he's dressed he's dressed up as Vivi <laughs> twice now <laughs> and um also on an off point no shame. his wife looks exactly like him <laughs> yeah you know what i i saw that today where uh, and i was like is that just egram <laughs> i wasn't sure but yeah his wife looks and sounds exactly like him <laughs> yeah it's good but, I hope, uh, did she also do the ma 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 thing yes <laughs> Good. It turns out she's actually been giving the speech on the coast where they're supposed to meet, and the Marines are tailing on them, so they can't, ex- she, like, Luffy can't explicitly say goodbye while she's, like, crying and saying goodbye to them. Yeah, because they, they don't want the Marines to know that she's friends with pirates. Yeah. <laughs> and, and something that only came up in one other moment was the arm bandages. Yeah, because br- I think briefly Bon Clay is like, no, I'm one of you, I have the bandage. Yeah, but he and knows. like, ha Like, she knows it's actually him because he wouldn't act so coldly to about Karu. So, like, that's that was towards, like, when all the horrifying stuff was happening. But to, to show, uh, along with, like, the armband, like, I thought, like, the tattoo thing didn't actually come into play. What it came into play of was Luffy saying it was, <laughs> was a symbol of their friendship. And because they can't yell anything at at her back, because the um the, the Marines will will know that she's friends with them and she'll be a criminal, so they just take it off and hold their arms up in the air, showing off their marking, because it's a sign of their friendship and everything they went through together. <laughs> <laughs> the, you haven't. I just I'm just now gonna mention it. This the movie was bad. <laughs> I still cried. I cry every time I see that scene. As now you know, uh, I have a tattoo of an axe on the back of my left arm because that's so fucking important to me. 
And um, I didn't even make that connection, and I was showing my girlfriend the picture of you with with your child because she loves those pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Because of that market, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe like, uh, this. You, you connected the dots. Yeah, I, yeah. I sent you a Snapchat of the scene in the movie, and then like I just pointed it down at my arm real quick, and I was like, I, I'm also one of them. And as they're as they're going off, that's just when Robin just kind of emerges from the cabin. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they they get away from Alabasta. Um, yeah. And Nika Robin's like, "What's up, guys? I'm Straw Hat now." Yep. And Luffy's like, I don't know if I can... Okay, yeah, fine. Like, he doesn't even really question yeah. it. And the, she, the way she explains to it, explains it, it's kind of neat, is, like, she's the one who gave him the antidote so he wouldn't die from the poison. And, like, the thing that she told to Luffy was, like, when, when it was collapsing, she's like, leave me here. I want to die here. Like, I have nothing to live for. And he's like, you can't mm-hmm. tell me what to do. <laughs> and like I think it's not directly said but I'm sure it's implied like that's part of the reason why is like she was impressed by him like saving her anyway willing to save her after that and that um yeah oh my god I just like I have fuck. nothing <laughs> I have nowhere left to go uh so I'm just gonna tag along with you guys <laughs> is there <laughs> Did you have a stunning realization? Oh, man, I can't wait until episode, like, 301, and you know why I'm fucking fucking <laughs> shit right now. Yeah, that's a really important scene, and that explains a lot why she's like, you know what, you're right, and I'm going to tag along with you for the time being. <laughs> yeah, it's just this, st- like, stark, like, contrast. It's when she's trying to convince everyone to join the crew, she's using her arms to, like, tickle Chopper Luffy, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying to see it go from her choking people out and like popping limbs out of place to oh hey <laughs> tickles or the fun joke they ha- she sprouted arms out of Luffy's head and it's like I'm Chopper <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good joke because <laughs> it's and it's weird too because her bounty's like <laughs> yep. not very high because she, she she got it when she was young isn't it yeah and she's been under the radar since yeah so it's like she got that bounty at age like nine, eight or nine years old, and then it's been about twenty mm-hmm. years or so that what she's been doing, and she hasn't been made too clear, is she, the Poneglyphs have the listing of like a world history, and she wants to know all of it. I'm not sure if it's to mm-hmm. record it explicitly, but she she wants to have that information. Yeah, um, I don't know when it's really talked about, but basically there's some stuff that. There's an era of time that the government basically wiped from history. The government was like, no one should know any of this stuff. It's like a hundred years that are just unknown to all history, except for in Poneglyphs. So the government isn't a big fan of people who can read Poneglyphs. Um, I think it has something to do with Pluton and some other shit that uh, the government probably did some bad, bad things. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, like, just now becoming a big deal, where I'm at. Okay. Um, we're starting to meet a few new people who can read Poneglyphs. Um, when we get to the next arc, we'll learn a person who, um, was able to read <laughs> Poneglyphs. Or at least... Was. Vaguely. Okay. Um, yeah, you probably already know, just from me saying that. Because <laughs> yeah. there's only one person who fucking matters in the One Piece universe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Robin joins, and we're off. 
we're off yeah. to a brand new adventure with yeah. uh, our new crewmate. Yeah. Who is she's number seven? Yes. Okay. So the uh, I just want to like slightly skim over the post Alabasta arc because the episodes themselves weren't that interesting they're kind of just filler <laughs> um i think yeah. roughly to i mean the characters are kind of catching up nico robin like hi i'm this person <laughs> not yeah. much else happens. it's kind of just <laughs> kind of establishing the characters but there's nice things that's mm-hmm. shown like we see like chopper and robin talking to each other is really fun and like robin seems to like chopper some like she calls him cute and is interested in like him talking about his past and stuff Mm-hmm. But yeah, so holy shit, that was Alabasta. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things happened. What's your what's your rating? What's your takeaway from Alabasta? It's, it's uh, incredible. It's it, it's messed up that it it's relevant fifteen mm-hmm. years after it first aired. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a wild roller coaster ride. It's it's a wild fucking ride. Uh, do you hope Vivi joins? later that would be like, great do you, i i you think it'd be cool I, it'd be cool if like I mean, she has a really good uh personality with the with the crew yeah. like if she um contribute like i'd at least like to see her help them out a little later on mm-hmm. some more yeah her her having her power like something i think they kind of implied with her giving that speech is she was kind of taking over for her dad as the actual leader mm-hmm. of alabasta so I, I think it's just with him getting an old age yeah, um, he's more of a figurehead. She's more of the person who gets things done. So I think, unless that's what you're alluding to, what happens in Fishman Saga is a world government meeting. She will have some pull to keep Luffy out of completely deep shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so. funny. Uh, this is this is the f- second kingdom that they've gone to because you know he's like he's fr- like Dalton is the the king of drum island which is a part of the world government so this is the second like ruler of a kingdom he's become friends with um yeah and definitely not the last (laughs) um but yeah so that was alabasta holy shit yeah a lot of stuff happens like a lot lot of stuff stuff happens happens in alabasta but a lot of stuff happens in (laughs) the second half of alabasta yeah there's a lot of payoff for all that setup yeah. Uh, so next time on our wonderful podcast, we are watching One Piece. Uh, the next two arcs are filler, and I don't recommend watching them at all. <laughs> if you do, which I'm sure you will, uh, we'll, we can brief over them real quick. That actually might be ideal because the next arc or the next episode is going to be just Jaya. It's short. It's going to be kind of a return to form for us because um, we'll be able to focus a bit more on the story but um jaya is a really good arc super important stuff it sets up uh and i don't want to try and fit it in with any skypea stuff uh so we'll do jaya then we'll do probably skypea in two halves skypea is most people's least favorite big arc it's super underrated it's good so yeah next time uh jaya jaya island is that just, is, i think it's just called jaya i don't fucking know but uh, <laughs> um a lot of cool stuff's gonna happen. We're gonna meet some people. We're gonna have plenty of time to discuss. Um, a lot of shit that won't happen soon, but a lot of shit that's gonna be really, really, really fucking important. You're gonna get to see Ace again. Um, it's gonna be a really fucking good time. Nice. So, uh, so I guess if you watch the filler arcs, it's 136 up to 152. But yeah, uh, 
set sail away from Alabasta, continuing on the Grand Line. Luffy beat the shit out of a Shishibukai. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and then I'm just going to guess from that, he's probably the... So, uh, real quick, what is Robin's job for the One Piece app? rap <laughs> oh fuck shit yeah she's an archaeologist um so, that's too many syllables is the problem how many syllables do you need uh sanji's cooking choppers doctoring um those are all two syllables so the name robin is perfect but robin robin's something so i know at least two more people joined the crew so mm-hmm. what i was thinking what what they As do yeah <laughs> what i was thinking what they do is before the other members joined they had like they they had like a closer line saying about like more that's gonna happen they do the same thing they start like a new verse with robin's line so i'd say i'd figure something like robin's translating or robin's deciphering hmm. Translating's a little bit more kid-friendly word Maybe, yeah and then they'd go into a second verse of the next crew members yeah or <laughs> Even as basic as Robin's reading books or <laughs> yep. something. I don't know. That's going to be our ultimate goal is to construct a one piece rap that encapsulates every crew member. I'm, I'm, um, the, I'm next go- two, the next two is going to be easy, luckily. It's just Robin's the only hard part. I'm glad you had the same exact idea I had. Like, I've been thinking this the entire time. I knew Robin was going to be introduced that we need to extend the rap past what yep. four kids could. <laughs> that is that is the goal of this podcast. <laughs> well, with that said, uh, tune in next time to meet the rest of Shishibukai and a bunch of other big shit's gonna happen. Uh, but to be continued.